Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Thor, Love and Thunder, the newest MCU film to hit theaters since, I don't know, a few months. I don't really remember. All this all this theater stuff is, uh, we're back in theaters now, so I, I can't keep track. But we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. Hey, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. Um, and... For our newbies uh, who might not be with uh, with us regularly, the the review comes in at the end of the show, so uh, you don't have to worry about catching any spoilers. We won't do any spoilers until it is review time. So you can, if you want to skip right to the review, that's fine too. Uh, that's going to be at around 36, 40 minutes in. So uh, there is that. But first, Dylan, what kind of news you got this week? All right. So we, okay, while we're uh, talking about Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Um, no spoilers. Yeah. Yep. Okay. No spoilers. No spoilers yet. Um, a common complaint with the movie was that it felt like maybe things were removed or cut short. Um, okay. Um, we talked last week about how they removed a few Two characters, oh. <laughs> like Lena Headey, Peter, Peter Dinklage, and, oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, and Jeff Goldblum. Um, and people, Taika Waititi said, "Hey, it was four hours, and I cut it down to two. You know, so of course, you know, it's a tough had to movie. go. Yeah. Everyone wants the director's cut." You know, release the Waititi cut. <laughs> um, and that movie was never going to be four hours. Get out of here! Like, no. I think what he meant is they they did lots of jokes and like different takes and like that's kind of how he films. He'll like feed new lines during the thing, and they'll be like, "Say it this way," you know, or right, right, right. Go off on a tangent about this, and there's you know ad libbing and improvising. And I think when if you include all that, it's four hours, you know. But I don't think sure. it's like four hours of story and plot ton, a ton yeah a ton new story but clearly there's some if they cut out three characters you know um but so people asking me about a director's cut uh-huh. and it doesn't seem like it's gonna happen at least he doesn't want it to he says director cuts are not good uh, <laughs> he said i've been thinking about director's cuts uh i watched director's cuts of a lot of different directors they suck director's <laughs> cuts are not good directors need to be controlled sometimes and if I was to say, ah, you want to watch my director's cut, it's a four and a half hours long. It's not good at four and a half hours. There's a lot of cup of tea breaks in there where you don't have to pause it. Um, I'd say my cut would probably have a few more jokes in there. There might be a couple of deleted scenes. But as I always say, a scene is le- deleted because it's not good enough to be in the film. Um, wow. So basically what he's saying is his version is what we got and... It's not a it's not a Zack Snyder situation where like he really wanted something else and the studio forced him to like went over his head. Yeah. And like took his stuff out that he was really passionate about either that or he's like an amazing team player and, and is hiding it, you know, like one of the two. They are still signing his you checks. Know, he's doing Star Wars next. So it's possible. I don't disagree with what he said, though, about director's cuts, um, depending, of course. But right. like, I mean, can you think of an example where a director cut has been superior? I have two. Um, Blade um, Runner. Uh, yeah. The, the first Blade Runner. Um, and then uh, I had it. Uh, the Exorcist. Exorcist uh, got re-released in like late 90s or 2000. Um, I think it was called The Version You Never Saw. And it was okay. uh, the director's cut. And it, that's where the spider crawl came from. Because that wasn't in the theatrical. Um, okay so and and then it's a it's a better better movie i think in terms of like comic book movie director director's cuts um bvs was marginally better and uh 
Days of Future Past, the director's cut was better than regular Days of Future Past, which is already good in my opinion. So I don't know if I saw the director's cut. They called it the Rogue Cut. Oh, um, yes, okay, I did. And that's where they put Anna Pacman back in the movie, and right, it just right. made okay. it made more sense of the story. Uh, but so I'm of two minds about it. I'm against director's cuts in that I don't want the studio to be able to double dip and be like, "Here's an inferior version that's short, and we can fit more showtimes in at theaters, and, and then we'll you'll re- re-release re-buy it." it. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, but at the same time, if it's a movie where the person making it really wants their version to at least be seen by people and sure. like fight for that, then I guess I'm in favor of that happening. It's just I don't like the way it has to happen. I wish. I mean, obviously, it's like a very like utopian uh, wish that of course the artist would be happy and the execs would be happy and we'd get the best version, you know. Um, but my my. My thing with that too is um, there's a the, the Frank Darabont movie The Mist. Um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, so if you're an old listener, you've heard this. Um, when it's an adaptation of a Stephen King story, and when Frank Darabont, who also did the Shawshank Redemption, a Stephen King fan, obviously, um, went to do this movie, he filmed it with the intent of it being released theatrically in black and white. And however, that got shot down. Um, so the movie was designed to be in black and white, but was released in color. So on the DVD and subsequent Blu-ray release, um, they, the director's cut version is just the, the color palette flipped. So, But they didn't make you double dip, thankfully, and buy two different releases because that's a pretty easy swap on the disc. So that, that kind of thing I really like where they can like, you know, maybe give you both on the disc too because like that's more like of a Lord of the thing. Rings kind of or? Yes, yes, like Lord of the Rings, like both options on the disc because uh, I really don't like it's less common now, but like double dipping on physical releases or like, uh, or, or digital too. Like, do I want to buy the Thor regular or do I want to buy the Thor director's cut? Like, are you really going to make mm-hmm. me spend $20 twice? Yeah. Or more than that. Or <laughs> worse is like releasing them separately, like Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. The more fun edition, like six months after the regular Absolutely. one came out. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. But I do like the idea of an extended cut, like like Lord of the Rings. I think that's the way to sure. do it. Yeah. Um, okay. So more MCU news. Captain America 4, a.k.a. Sam Wilson, Captain America. Who knows what they're going to call it? Yeah. I doubt it'll be Captain America 4. Um, uh, it got a director. This is the okay. one. We were talking a little bit about it. It's starring Anthony Mackie. They announced it like right after Falcon and Winter Soldier ended. And The Hollywood Reporter is uh, telling us that Nigerian-American filmmaker Julius... Uh, Ona is directing it. He did the 2018 The Cloverfield Paradox, which, oh, was, which, right. was, okay. which was bad. Um, but, you know, sometimes good I, I don't think make I, bad wait, movies. Cloverfield Paradox, which one was? The, I don't think that was the third one, right? Or That was the one that like surprise released on streaming, I think. And like oh. at the Super Bowl, they're like out now. Wasn't it that one? Um, no, wasn't it 10 Cloverfield Lane? No, 10 Cloverfield Lane is a good one. Well, no, I've seen that one, but I thought that one was like really secretly too. No, no I definitely a... never saw Cloverfield Paradox. Googling it and looking at the cast list, I'd never saw this. It was bad. Um, That's too bad. So I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm looking up the Rotten Tomatoes to make sure the consensus is not against me. Maybe I didn't not like just it. Tripping. I didn't like it. I'll say that. Uh, I'm not saying it was bad, but IMDb um, is 5.5, and if IMDb is that low, it's got to be bad. It has a 21 critic on Rotten Tomatoes and a 42 audience. So, Uh, yikes. It it wasn't well received. Let's say that. But, (laughs) 
that that's that's very nice of you yeah but um that's happened before with marvel movies and that and some of them turn out great so you know yeah i'm still excited for the movie i kind of hope they just call it sam wilson captain america or just captain america colon something you know yeah i mean he is captain america in the movie and i'm sure you've seen all the stuff about uh chris evans online saying nope <laughs> falcon uh, sam wilson is captain america yeah it was uh the headline for this was really uh complicated unnecessarily it was like anthony mackie star of falcon winter soldier is not reprising his role as falcon and you know it was like it was like a crazy headline it was just like we're just saying captain america now it's fine right. you know right um but regardless we'll see that in 2037 when it comes out so it's something to look forward to um yeah and then I mean, put it on the calendar yeah it's on, it, it's on the the roster i assume we'll find out more about it either at comic-con in like two weeks or d23 one of the two both okay. gonna be big days very excited um i know monica uh from my store and for our podcast regular monica is going to be at d23 so we can definitely get some boots on the ground reporting there that's very exciting I'm hyped. yes um Let's see. We got a trailer for a Netflix Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It's called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. It's a Boy, cartoon that's existing. Now they're, it's a cont- continuing as a movie. Um, and the article alludes says R-O-T-T-M-N-T. Um, uh-huh. It's, I guess the premise is Casey Jones traveling back in time to warn the turtles of an impending alien invasion. Um I haven't seen the cartoon. Have you? I already know the answer, Michael, but no, you haven't you know watched I it, haven't. right? You know, okay. I haven't. Well, this is the one I don't know. I haven't like actually heard too much about it. It's the one where they have like different looking designs and it's like very flat and a little bit like today's Cartoon Network style, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely looks like that. It definitely looks like it's for children. Uh, I watched the trailer. I, I, I'm pulling no punches, man. The trailer was not, not, not for me. It, I didn't chuckle. I mean, I did, but not for the reasons they wanted me to chuckle. Um, I think it looks bad. Uh, I think it looks like Teen Titans Go type of content, like definitely actually for children. For not kids, like, yeah, yeah young, young children. Not like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, this is a family show. No, this is for children. Yeah. You have to be a diehard turtle fan or a or a small child, yeah. I think. Yeah, the, the diehards, of course, are going to watch it no matter what. I like how, I know this is like already established in the show, but I like how they have different body types. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Know? Yeah, that is that is nice. Moving away from to, everyone looking the same. If I had to search for something nice to say. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the art style, I guess, but it's just not. Yeah, the art I, style is cool. The character designs are cool. Yeah, I mean, if I like turtles, that's cool, but I'm not really... I don't know. Pass, pass for me. All right, um, but, but I guess that's it. Um, let's let's hear about I have, the. Oh, I have I have another. Oh, you have one more. I have one. I have one more new. Ooh, yeah. Um, new new. What you got? It's it's on here. It's about the the Echo Show that's coming out. Oh, um, okay. It's coming I, up soon. So they're filming it. Along. They're filming it now, um, and it's been rumored slash hoped hyped that Daredevil slash other Netflix characters would be a part of it because it kind of seems to fit tonally in with the oh, of course Netflix universe. Um, and obviously we got Charlie Cox in Spider-Man movie and we got Vincent D'Onofrio in Hawkeye. Um, but they will be reuniting in the Echo Show. Um, 
That's Daredevil fantastic. and Kingpin. They're both going to appear in it. I think it's only going to be a few few episodes. Of course. I mean, um, they, they would. You don't want them to have them steal the the spotlight. Yeah, we don't want it to be a Daredevil show. Rumor is that he'll be in two episodes, and Kingpin will be in four. That's just okay. a rumor, though. Um, other so is, rumors that okay. maybe spoilers. Who knows? Are that they're doing the Kingpin running for mayor thing? Oh, sweet. And there's something with uh, Daredevil's looking for Jessica Jones, which. Mm. That would be very exciting to me. So I think that th- this is a really good way to get Daredevil and Kingpin into the the Disney Plus, to, to the actual MCU, right? Because rather than just make a new show with them in it, you introduce them slowly to soft reset uh, what they're like. So you're adjusting expectations. Um, and Kingpin in Hawkeye was... I mean, he was tough, right? But he wasn't nearly as imposing and scary as uh, he was mm-hmm. in uh, Daredevil, right? So, right. I, and I think the same thing we'll get with Daredevil. We might like see a little bit of softening, which I'm okay with. Like, as much as I did love Daredevil, I'm okay with changing it up. Yeah. Um, as long as they keep the same like spirit and tone. Well, of know, course. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, a little less bloody. Yeah, right. I think I think we don't have to worry about that. But when is this coming out? When is Echo? Like never? Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, uh 2023 according to the article. Yeah. So, who um, knows when that is? Yeah. It was supposed to come out late this year, but now it's 2023. Uh, it'll be out sometime. Yeah. That's yeah. all I got. Okay. Um well, let's hear about that live sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. And to make sure we maximize our Thor time, I'm just going to get right to it. I'm picking Fortnite Marvel Zero War number (laughs) two. Gotta get that Iron Man rap, baby. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's cool. the tweet. That's the tweet. Get get that download. Um, get that download code. We will sell out that first day, so come get them today. Yeah. If you're listening to this, it's probably too late unless you downloaded first thing in the morning. Or you can get on the live sale tonight. Woo! The live Which I won't sale. Be there for, but go support Elvis. Um. Okay. Right. So shout out to Elvis. We. My pick is X Men Hellfire Gala 2022 number one. I guess this is an annual thing. Okay. Um. It's basically the Met Gala, but on Krakoa, hosted by the mutants. And uh, the story is kind of a mystery. I, I I flipped through it, but I haven't read it yet because it's you know it's not out yet. But um, it's they're they're billing it as a can't miss party event. And last okay. one had some uh, they 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 killed Scarlet Witch at the last one, you know. So like, right, big things can happen at this party. That's all I'm saying. Apparently, and it's worth it just for the art and the outfits. You know, you get Russell Donovan, Chris Anka, some like top tier art. Those artists. covers are all killer too. Really, really good. Get the Art Germ Jean Grey cover. That's the best one this week, I think. But that's my pick. 
Okay, excellent. Well, let's get into my news. So we're going to go first. I'm on Dylan's page. Whoa. Okay. Um, Do mine again. Okay. Uh, we have <laughs> Echo coming soon. Um, WizKids um, revealed a new product line to tie into D&D. WizKids is the company that makes all the D&D miniatures. Um, D&D Icons of the Realms is the name of their miniature line, their pre-painted miniature line. They have a new product called Adventure in a Box, Goblin Camp specifically. Um, so this new thing is going to be $100 and it comes with, um, this is the first time this has existed for fifth edition. So like you, they've made, they've made pre, pre-made campaigns. That's not hard to get. There's plenty of those, but this is the first time that for an official 5e product is going to have every, literally everything you need for a, a big encounter. So yeah, it's going to come with a uh, nine pre-painted miniatures, eight different uh, camp dressings, like, you know, beds and tents and crap like that, fires whatever uh two uh two-sided tiled battle mat uh battle mat a bunch of other stuff it's going to be 100 bucks very cool especially if you like um big combat encounters and this is a really neat way for new players to you know get more involved and really understand how a combat should be laid out in, in an interesting way so that's really neat and if you're into D, this is going to be super cool um two pieces of wrestling news here um, keeping with the D&D theme, um, AEW's uh, wrestler Athena is going to be starting a new D&D show uh, this week on Twitch, um, sponsored by Kobold Press. I'm very excited about that. She's a big uh, dork, and I'm very excited to see um, her cool. as a pl- yeah to see her as a player. I always like it when you see um, people in areas where you don't anticipate them, like Deborah Ann Moll, right, in uh, mm-hmm. doing D&D. Um, so anyway, super cool. That's actually starting up. Um, this week, uh, the show is called something. Um, yeah, it's called At the Edge of the World. It's going to be on Thursdays at uh, 7 p.m. our time. So check that out on Twitch. It's officially sponsored by Kobold Press, which is very exciting. Um, now, Dylan, AEW um, is owned or is has a television deal with Turner. So they're on TNT and TBS or Warner, okay. I guess, specifically. But they're on the Turner channels. So last year um, to coincide with the airing of kong versus godzilla for the first time on <laughs> on that channel they did they had a big match of guys that are vaguely representative of kong and godzilla wrestling each other in that in that promo well dylan okay. they're do they're at it again they're at it again so to to commemorate shark week <laughs> to commemorate shark week we're gonna have a match with eddie kingston and chris jericho in a barbed wire death match with Jericho's friends suspended above them in a shark cage. I didn't Alrighty. realize this was a shark week tie-in because they kept saying shark cage on TV, but I didn't, I, I don't know when shark week is. I don't keep up with shark week. And then I see the graphic like that really looks like jaws or, or this really, Oh, it's shark week. How about that? So That's um, cool. yeah, I mean, I don't know if it gets any cross appeal. I don't know if anyone's going to like, Oh, I like shark week. Let me watch wrestling. Um, how but, is it shark related? What are they doing? Uh, there's a shark cage. Um, Jericho has a uh, Chris Jericho has a group of his homies that like always like interfere in matches and cheat and stuff. So okay. to make sure that the match is fair, Jericho's friends are going to be suspended above the ring in a shark cage so they can't interfere. Oh, I thought they were going to be underwater in a shark cage. No, no, it's a barbed wire death match. There's a lot of blood. Uh, there's there's gonna be a lot of blood, which is uh the other the shark cage crossover or the shark week crossover. There's gonna be a lot of uh, 
violence like you would see. They in should the be real sharks and they should be fighting underwater. <laughs> that would be cooler, <laughs> I think. Wrestling's fake how, right? <laughs> did, did, have you ever wrestled a shark? Come on. No, I don't want them to wrestle the sharks, but the sharks can be swimming around the cage while they're oh, fighting in the okay, cage. Okay, so the, the the sharks are like a AOE encounter or like a, a random encounter that, you know, maybe the shark just shows up and they got to... Just like a set dressing. Like, they don't need to fight the shark. <laughs> oh, I see. Like... Maybe like maybe the sharks like plexied off and they wrestle in the pool. Yeah, like a shark cage. Like when you're... <laughs> like when you cage. When they drop you down to the water and the sharks oh, you, okay, are all around the cage, like, I want it to be like that. I... You know, that's a really interesting question. Um, I wonder if anyone has ever done an underwater wrestling match. That I actually don't have an answer for. But either way, I'm very excited for this match because <laughs> Eddie Kingston is a fantastic wrestler. Uh, and so is, well, so is Chris Jericho. But this match is going to be fantastic. Eddie Eddie gives everything 110%. So if you have never watched AEW, this is the week to do it. Hmm. Eddie Kingston will make you care. He could, he could sell you anything. No joke. He'll sell you on any match. He'll he'll fix anything. He can he can talk his way out of a paper bag. It's fantastic. Um, moving on to horror. Um, my last bits of news here are all horror related. So the Salem's Lot uh, remake that we've talked about um, was supposed to be coming out this year in September. Uh, well, it moved. It's now April 2023. <laughs> oh um, yes. So it is. Pr- it's being uh, produced by James Wan, um, by Warner and New Line. And produced by Gary Dauberman, who did It, The Nun, and Annabelle Comes Home. So there's that. Um, but I'm a big fan of the novel Salem's Lot. Um, so I'm very excited for a James Wan produced remake. Um, so we'll see. But this this moving its date forced our next thing, the Train to Busan remake, which okay. we, which is a very weird thing. I don't think I knew that Train to Busan was getting remade. Um, because I love that movie. We talked about it sometime. I don't remember when. Yeah, we, we, I know we reviewed it at one point. But if you've never seen Train to Busan, it's a fantastic Korean zombie film. Very, very good. Um. Anyway, that's getting remade. That's that had the date of April twenty first, twenty twenty three, and is also released by New Line. So that has been temporarily undated. Um, as Salem's Lot has taken its date. Hmm. Um, how do you feel about a uh, Train to Busan remake, Dylan? Um, it seems unnecessary. I'm pretty uh, tepid on it. <laughs> That's being last classic. train to New York sounds lame. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is called the last train to New York. Excuse me. I guess I should give the actual title of the thing, not not just derisively call it. Just because it sound remake. Because it, it makes it sound worse. I think calling it yeah. last train to. I don't know. We're already doing bullet trains starring Brad Pitt. Like you know, like how many that white have people appropriating East Asian train? themes movies yeah. do we get yeah i mean just it would be just, cool if they came out like the same month it was like one of those like dual movie situations two train movies it's like yeah. remember when like two hercules movies came out like right around the same time one had the rock and one yeah. had someone else in it i really um, like when that happens actually it's like a like who, a genre who i'm a this? fan of <laughs> the accidental movie crossovers or a uh, competition um i have two more pieces of news here um amc is going to be bringing um, interview with the vampire to SDCC. So I'm very excited about this. You know, I'll give you any little scrap of news that we're getting about this new uh, Anne Rice adaptation um, that is coming to AMC TV. Um, they are bringing quote, new Orleans spice to San Diego hmm. comic-con. Um, if you've never read it or seen it, it does. Most of the uh, novel takes place in new Orleans. 
Um, and that is where we know we are going to get our first official trailer for the series. So I'm very excited for that. I am on a Anne Rice kick right now. I'm on the third book of uh, the Vampire Chronicles, and I'm really, really enjoying them. Uh, How many so, are there? Uh, too many. I'm probably oh, not okay. going to read all of them because uh, apparently I, I know at some point they get bad. I just don't know where. Um, there's several, like over 10. Ooh. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, Queen of the Damned is good. So, if, if you have an interview with the vampire, then the vampire Lestat, then Queen of the Damned, and then all the rest. I don't, don't know anything past that. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to this uh, trailer coming out July 23rd. So, that'll be pretty soon. Um, the last bit of news here um, is if you're, Dylan, are you familiar with the um, Horror Queers podcast? No. Okay. It's a LGBTQ horror uh, podcast where they talk about LGBTQ uh, performances or films uh, specifically as it relates to the horror genre. Well, last year they did this, but now they're doing it a little bit bigger and better this year. They're doing something called Fright Gown. Um, and it's a fundraiser to support a transgender, uh, a transgender law center in Salem. Um, so they're doing a virtual film festival um actually i'm sorry to to support the uh the trevor project specifically um yes so um the quote here is the momentum for queer horror is real it's an exciting time for new and independent voices while pride month is over it never really dies our goal is to celebrate and encourage filmmakers who are committed to representing our stories on screen and behind the lens throughout the year so what they're doing if you go to frightgown.com like nightgown but fright um you'll see this starts this week um, they're having a bunch of watch parties um, where you can watch them with people and chat along, or you can also just buy or rent them. Um, all these uh, new or recently released films um, that are all LGBTQ in some capacity. Um, and all of the proceeds are going to be donated to the Trevor Project, which is very exciting. And there's some really cool movies on here. I have seen one of them. I've seen Creep. Creep is very good. Um, but I really want to see so Vam and um, Revealer. A lot of these movies look really, really cool. A lot of them are Shutter movies. So, if you've been looking for a chance to see some new horror movies, go check this out. Go check out Frightgown so, Fright Um Okay. Yeah, that's it, and that's that's all I got. Let's let's hear about this uh, this gaming stuff. It's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7pm till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at our Katy and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. 
And we are back, and it is time to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder. All right, wheels up on spoilers. It's spoiler time. So Already? If you, if, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Spoiler, baby. So if you don't want to know spoilers for Thor, Love and Thunder, go away. <laughs> so Come back. Come back to us. Hit pause. Go watch it. Come back. You know, the, yeah. you know the drill. So let's get to it real quick. Before we get to Thor, the trailers were kind of weird. Actually, I got a bunch of kids movie trailers or another bunch. I got a couple. Interesting. I, I got weird trailers, too, but the opposite. OK, like dramas and stuff. I was like, this, is this for Thor? Yeah. Like who put these here? It, it, it didn't match. But anyway, so let's let's get to Thor. Dylan, you want to take it away? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we already went over our hype level for Thor. I yeah. was extremely excited because um the jason aaron run of thor we both share a love, love for right mm-hmm. um, absolutely both the odinson and the jane foster stuff definitely um i think it's one of the best like long-running single author comic runs in like modern history you know doesn't really happen yeah. anymore absolutely actually. yeah no no um, it, it's phenomenal so the fact that he like got like such a long time to tell a story was awesome and um i think i applied some of that to this movie uh i, I don't want to say unfairly because like i definitely objectively judged the movie but um my initial reaction was like that was fun but also disappointed because it wasn't what i wanted um uh-huh. what was your what was your like walking out of the auditorium reaction my initial thing was i uh, pretty much exactly the same uh fun but I I don't know. I expected more from the movie. Actually, I didn't expect more from the movie. I, I said I was, if you remember what I predicted, I would give it last week. That is exactly what I'm giving the movie. Um, but I, I wanted more from this movie rather than just. Yeah. The Ragnarok again, which was what I felt this was um, with less story too. And my favorite yeah. elements of the movie were sort of not even there that much. Like, I thought we didn't get enough gore, um, which I thought was really. I liked gore a lot. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way. But I really like Ragnarok. Um, so to me, if it had been at least like for me, Ragnarok again, I would have been okay with that. I think. Right. Um, I did like Ragnarok like, a lot as well. But I don't think it was as good as Ragnarok. I agree. I can't. I haven't seen Thor one or two in so long that i don't think i could rank the thor movies me neither um it's been but i can rank forever. ragnarok and love and thunder um right but i thought like the tone was like exactly like ragnarok but amped up like it was funnier um for better for worse or worse in my opinion um, right because like i think the humor in it i think maybe we had different reactions to this but it, the humor mostly hit for me like i it most of the time I chuckled at it, um, but like, I don't think it needed that. That's not what I wanted. You know what I mean? Right. Um, did, did you, did you, did you laugh? Did you cackle? No, definitely not. I didn't cackle. I, I chuckled at some bits. Like there were some things that like, um, the goats. Okay. So at first we're fight about this at first, I hated them. Okay. I hated them. It was like, okay. Oh my God, this is so stupid. Like I, I, I get the joke, but like I was like, they're not letting up on this. And then I came around on it and I think the goats are pretty funny. But on the first, you know, pass through with the goats just screaming incessantly, like, I can't deal with this. I'm gonna have to leave. Not really, but I was thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is a lot. I love the goats. I 
laughed every time like it was the first time they did the joke and they did the exact same joke like 20 times in the movie uh-huh. um but i i thought the the goats were a standout among <laughs> many characters where they should have been the standout you know so um i i don't disagree with you i'm team goat disney plus spinoff at this point um, wow yeah i want to i want to know their story uh why they got traded you know <laughs> and like I don't know. They're selling the goat plushes at Disney World, and I'm I'm pretty jealous. I wish I had some goat plushes. Yeah, they don't scream though, which is unfortunate. Take them to Build a Bear, cut them open, put a scream, put a, put a screamer in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, that's how I felt about the humor. I thought it was yeah funnier, I, but I didn't want it to be funnier. I wanted it to be sad. I know. And speaking of sad, do you want to talk about um, Jane Jane Foster and the cancer plot line? Yeah, let's 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 do that. Okay, so I think initially what you said, um, and I agreed with you, was that you hope that they treat it respectfully and it's not like um, glossed over. And oh, I think you you had concerns that it wouldn't be like yeah. given time to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really like up and down on the way they they treated the uh, the cancer storyline. Like I when it first started, I'm like, oh no, this is not good. This is I thought, I thought, I thought it was, Oh, guess what? I've got cancer, you know? Um, and then it won me back a little bit. And then I sort of also, it felt, I felt like, um, very plot devicey towards the end. Um, yeah, I I didn't really love the cancer bit. It was better than I thought, but not as good as it should have been. I guess it's a win that they did it at all. True. Uh, Which is sad. Um, but like my like I said last time, my fear was that it would be Ragnarok level glossed over, like you know, when Asgard gets wiped out and then it's just like funny, you know? Um right. but my hope was that it would be like Jojo Rabbit level, like I felt I it hit me pretty hard when well, are we spoiling Jojo Rabbit? When Scarlett Johansson's sure. character died and she didn't even die on screen or anything. It was just like sad for other characters, you know. Right. So I was kind of hoping for that because I think that's when character deaths like hit the hardest in movies is when like it's your reaction to other people's re- other characters reaction, you know? Absolutely. And no one seemed really upset about it. So I was like, well, I guess I don't care either. Um, and I'm like the easiest person to make cry in a movie. I'll like sympathy cry for anything. The worst like garbage CW, right. you know, like you're, you're an easy sell. If the music tells me to cry and someone's That's sad it, yeah. on screen, I'm probably with them, you know? <laughs> right, sure. Uh, but this, like, I think this movie made, like, somehow cancer not sad. You know what I mean? Like, which I, is, like, a I feat in, in, in and of itself. Right. I, I agree with you. Like, it was um, it was kind of like an afterthought. Like, oh, yeah, I remember Jane's sick. Um, I, yeah, also she... didn't, I also didn't care for the Korg narration afterwards. It just felt very, like, stepping on the moment yeah to me, i didn't like, need him to narrate that because it was i see what they were going for because like thor appears and then korg does the movie thing like wait wait wait, let me tell you how we got here and then it's right. like so i get they wanted like that impact of like us to be surprised with thor like jane how did this happen and then he tells us you know like it's a surprise um so i understand that decision but like it definitely like stomped out any impact that 
what could happen with Jane because we haven't seen her in like 15 years or 10 years or something in the Marvel universe. I don't really time. count the old footage in Endgame. Um, no, that so they're like, it was basically like a two minute montage of like, remember Jane? She has cancer. She's <laughs> trying to fix it by in the lab, but she can't. So she's going to, to um, Asgard and oh, look, Mjolnir. And it was like that very quickly. It was like, yeah, um, instant. It was like very like, Oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, the hammer's calling to me. Let me go get it. Guess I'm Thor now. Because it was Korg telling a story. Like, I understand that, you know? Like, that's right. why it's so short and clippy and like a highlight reel. I, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I get it, but I don't like <laughs> I it. I don't like it, yeah. Um, I understand the design choice, but like, maybe, maybe you could have had an extra 15, 20 minutes there. You know what I mean? To really yeah. stand on it and not have it'd be a montage it almost felt like like number one like beyond that i thought the whole thor mantle was like poorly defined in the movie like yes i'm thor now you know it's like uh i feel like that needs some explanation like in the comics right. um of course because like i i think in the in the movies his name is thor that's not his title it's not like captain america his name is thor in the movie like i I you know yeah. what i mean like like how can you have my name that's not like a, t- a title or anything yeah it just kind of seemed like she was cosplaying as him you know right um, which isn't the case in the comics and uh i think like i was trying to think of ways that they could fix this other than just making the movie way longer which <laughs> right i'm not i'm not normally in favor of making a movie longer but this one was short for marvel Mm-hmm. So I guess if I had to fix it within this movie, I would add like half an hour and make it all Jane focused to maybe give that some more impact, you know, right. um, there's other things I want to add that I'll talk about later. But um, I thought the one there's one part that really bothered me about the cancer and it's like very nitpicky, but I think it would have made a huge difference is that in the comics, Jane has cancer and she's not like, they're not like it's stage four you're gonna die get your affairs in order you know it's like you need to start doing chemo and like we can beat this you know and every time she picks up Mjolnir it basically like eradicates every all the chemo in her body so it's gradual it's like each time she does it it's like setting her back on her recovery you know but in this one it's like she's gonna die so she may as well be Thor you know and I don't think that was like it didn't feel like too much of a sacrifice like it was it in the comics because she's like basically cutting her time short a bit but like dying in a way that she'll have like eternal paradise you know right um which felt like no sacrifice to me at all you know if someone's like you're gonna die of chemo in this hospital bed or as thor and you get to go to valhalla it's like well decision made yeah so that really bothered me um i know i agree with you i, I think it was really um, just an afterthought. I, I think, like, I think, like, I think it was like, well, we have to get the cancer bit in here. But, but why make that change? Why say like you're dying anyway? Why not say you you don't have to die if you don't if you're not doing the store thing? Like, why? That seems like such an odd choice to me. I know. I t- for the uh, ending uh, to get the. But ending. she still could have died. I don't know. That's it true. doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, it just no, it's lazy. Um, it's lazy. Um, 
but let's move off of the cancer stuff for now. Yeah. Like, what what else you got, Dylan? Um, so I thought the plot was just absolutely fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. The, I I've talked about Super it before. Fun. I have like um an aversion towards like wish storylines. Um, I feel like they're lazy and almost never work. Where there's like someone's fighting for a wish. It's very Wonder Woman 1984, you know, or you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, an all-encompassing, world-changing thing can happen or not happen. Um, so I didn't really like the eternity gore going for eternity to to wish all of the gods dead. I would have liked to see maybe gore slicing up some gods that would have been more fun to me yeah like he's he's killing gods but we don't really see it we see some aftermath but like you don't really get to see gore do anything other than kill the first one right in the beginning and then look look menacing and new asgard and run away and yeah yeah and i really liked bale as gore i thought he was very interesting um I agree. He did a really yeah. good job. He's, I guess it's the same. It's almost like a rinse and repeat of like Kate Blanchett as Hella. It's like she was really cool. I would like some more of that, you know. But what we saw was cool. It was very much that to me, you know. Yeah. Um, but I thought I don't know. Bale seemed like he was having a lot of fun. So he did. He did. I I, I really liked the character, but I agree with you with the uh, the wish fulfillment thing. I'm like, that makes no sense. Like Gore's not stupid. He did all this to like ruin the world and like okay, whatever. Like it's also like it's hard to hold this against Marvel, but it's a little like continuity breaking. Like with the whole Thanos snap, why didn't they like? And they knew about Eternity and that the first person to him get could get a wish. Why couldn't they like? Yeah, undo undo it. You know. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like that that is the the basis for comparison with everything. Now it seems like, well, why didn't you X, Y, Z with the Thanos snap? You know, why didn't this, they've sort of did. But it felt a little like lazy because I thought they did a good job of that in Eternals. Like, oh, why didn't the Eternals help? And it's like, well, they've been sworn to not interfere ever. And that's the whole civil war between the Eternals. Like that one was like actually integrated into the story. This was just not not mentioned. (laughs) It felt like. Because they they definitely should have done that, right? Like. Yeah, or, or do the gods the not care? Like, were the gods snapped? You know, who knows? the The hierarchy of the MCU is getting very confusing because it's like Arishem and the Celestials, and there's gods, and like, but not I, like our gods. There's like, there's just like I'm, myth gods. I'm not a casual, and I'm a little confused by the hierarchy of it all. So, like, I don't know how your casual moviegoer. I don't really think they care. Up. You think that's it? You think they don't care? Yeah, I don't think they remember Arishem, the Celestial from Eternals, and like how, we're, we're wondering how he factors in. Right. Only, only the dorks like us are who are analyzing yeah. it too much care. Yeah. Or, are we right. analyzing it enough? Ooh. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the problem with more and more movies and shows. It's like they're gonna step on each other, but it's supposed to be their job to not do that. I don't know, but yeah. Um, in terms of the look of the movie. I thought that a couple uh, scenes were really cool. I thought the Shadow Realm one with like the high contrast black and white and the like the splashes of color from the weapons. I thought that w- that looked cool. Yeah, I think it looked make... cool. I I don't know. I thought it was kind of hokey. It I looked mean, good, but I thought, it, I thought... it, 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of hokey. Um, but I don't know. It wasn't bad or anything. It just it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I, I say it looks the best because I thought a bunch of other scenes looked like borderline, like bland and like stagey, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like the costume, some of the costumes look very CGI and the... Yeah, I agree. Uh, but they were like so vibrant that it looked like a little like theatrical like theater not movies um i wasn't like the scene on asgard and the final the final action scene i thought looked like way too cgi seti i would rather you lean more towards something that's obviously fake like this little moon planet thing right Um, right right, right. it's like that's that is fake that's not real so like i don't have to like think about it but like creating a room is like it didn't work as well for me and i thought it was bland um looking most of the movie which is disappointing the colors were bright but like yeah i agree with you it did it did look pretty bland and uh forgettable like i wouldn't say there's a lot of memorable set design or visual imagery in the movie at all i mean really other than it going black and white for that period there's not a lot of like oh yeah that was really an interesting choice or something unique. Yeah, I agree. Which is and, and disappointing. This last, yeah, go ahead, go on. Um, and in Ragnarok, I thought like it, the vibrant colors really like helped with Sakar and mm-hmm. and and Asgard. But in this, it was like rooms and stuff. You know. Yeah. Do you have any um, surprising takeaways or things that you re- that you enjoyed, like uh, like that were uh, that you didn't know were going to be there? Like I thought the the character of Axel Heimdall's uh, kid was pretty cool. He was cool, yeah. Yeah, that was neat. Except for how bad it looked when he first did his little like face. Yeah, uh, that was rough. Thing I was like, that's some of the worst. Was it on purpose? Because he's like bad at his powers at this point. It looked like I don't know. I could have done that in iMovie. Um, but <laughs> no, he was cool. Uh, I thought like Thor's arc was like very hit or miss to me. Um, mm-hmm. because it seemed like by the end it was the point of it was like him having a kid um because i mentioned it like a couple times throughout the movie you know they're like yeah. oh i don't think they'll have a kid uh and I, he just ends up with a daughter which i did not like that at all so if i'm gonna be completely honest with you the whole he adopts korg's da- or, uh gore's daughter like that why it didn't it, it felt really like jarring to me because we it, didn't lead up to that at all. Extremely jarring. It made no narrative sense. Like they didn't earn that. Re- like the Korg narration um, felt like the way that it was written. It was supposed to be like a big cheer moment, like a hashtag Oscars cheer moment. <laughs> yeah. And and it why it didn't. I don't care who's this character who died in the first 30 seconds of the movie. I don't know her name. She loved yeah. I guess her name's love is what I'm going to call her. You know, it's like uh, based on the movie, right? Like she's not an important character. Why is she getting this big grandiose final narration? And I, I don't know. Like I thought that whole ending was kind of whack. I think you could have solved a couple things with gore. Like we wanted more gore and uh-huh. I would like to like maybe get to know her. So maybe some flashbacks with gore and his daughter. Right. Would have been helpful. I would have mm-hmm. appreciated that. Um, but as far as like, Thor getting a daughter it didn't it didn't track to me um they had the one part also where in the flashback with Jane 
showing their whole relationship. He like glanced at, I guess, some people with a baby and it seemed like maybe he wanted one, you know? Uh huh. But like things like this kept happening in the movie where I was like, was that storyline cut? You know, like did they. Right. Um, oh no, it's just like, this weird thing at the end of the movie. It felt rewritten the end, the way the movie ended it was like, I don't disagree this is with how you. It's gonna... Yeah. I don't disagree with that. That's an interesting um, takeaway. Um, I like, I feel like I solved it though, Michael, like okay. narratively. And of course, everyone does this, and like, of it course, it wouldn't it wouldn't actually work. But like, when he looked at the baby with Jane, um, uh huh, in their flashback, it's telling you how they broke up. I think it would have been like maybe you could have like given Jane some more heft and the Thor wanting a kid thing if like maybe it was from her perspective instead of Korg, and uh, she during their relationship like finds out she has cancer, okay, and maybe can't have a kid or because of that doesn't want to have a kid you know but thor mm-hmm. does want to have a kid so they break up for that reason and oh. she doesn't tell him she has cancer you know oh see so then you could give that, them like a better reason of breaking up and all you the could lines lead connect up. at that point yeah i know yeah like why couldn't and no. cancer lasts a long time it's not like a and it's also I'm, it's I'm a movie it, it can last however you need it you know what i mean it can go however you want it to yeah um so I don't know. I wish I'd done that. That's all I yeah, have to say I, about it. I, no, I agree. I think it was. Uh, I think the ending felt really tacked on. Um, speaking of tacked on uh, and endings, what do you think about the post-credit stuff? Um, I didn't watch Ted Lasso. Ah, uh, so I don't really know that actor very well. Same. Um, so I have no connection. Everybody to... was making that joke. Oh. You know the the Roy Cantor, whatever his name is. Yeah, it's like I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. Sorry, I'm, um, I'm, I'm happy that like Ted Lasso though. fans like it, so that's good. Yeah, people like him, so. Uh, but I have no attachment to the character of Hercules either. Me neither. I know he's queer in the comics, so I'm wondering if they'll go that route, but probably not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably In not. Marvel Comics anyway. Shout out to Valkyrie. Um, yeah. Well, can we talk about the queer representation for a second? Sure. Or, okay, so this movie was toted as being, very, quote, very gay. And at Comic-Con, um, when they announced the movie, they announced Jane as Thor. They brought Natalie Portman out, and then they brought Tessa Thompson out, and she said King Valkyrie is going to find her queen, you know? Yeah, um, so clearly that was supposed to be Jane, right? I don't know. Or someone. Mean, or, yeah, or somebody. Uh, but yeah. clearly they didn't do that. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, yeah, Valkyrie's barely in it. and It's unfortunate, because... They did confirm Valkyrie is, I guess, attracted to women. Uh, sure, you could infer it. Um, at yeah, when they were at the uh, the place with Zeus and that. Yeah, there were sure. some easily cuttable scenes for overseas uh, with Valkyrie. Right. Um, That's so embarrassing. Like, it's very disappointing. I'm hoping if I wanted to give Marvel the benefit of the doubt, I would say I'm hoping they're saving that for a future movie because they did. They said they were going to do it, and it's very rare for Marvel not to deliver on something they say they're going to do, at least in some capacity. You know, that's never happened, like announcing it at Comic Con and then just fully not happening um, beyond the Inhumans movie. Uh, But um, there's like the stuff with Tessa Thompson justifying it. Marvel, I guess, is just making her doing all the work, do all the work to tell us why it's not in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it's like really some like crummy reasons because she's like, well, um 
I feel like if like queer people hang their hat on like the fact that you know that they're queer then it's really dehumanizing for them and okay uh and that's a reach. you know the, she she talks about how like we wouldn't have been able to tell the story we did with valkyrie because if we had also done a romance what story exactly she got nothing to she valkyrie had, wasn't in this movie she you could have cut valkyrie out entirely and it wouldn't have changed the movie at all but it seemed like another one of those things where it seemed like maybe she had was, a story at some point there was more in the, there they had the thing of her being really unfulfilled as king, you know, yeah. in the ads and stuff. And then that was just never brought up again. Right. So it seemed like maybe at one point, I think someone gaslit Tessa Thompson into thinking she had an arc in this movie. I don't know. I'm rambling. Anyway. No, um, I, no, I agree with was, you. I think, I think uh, it was I done know. poorly, but at the same time, it was the gayest Marvel movie because there's Korg, Valkyrie, and I, uh, maybe Hercules. We'll see. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would like to, it's nice to acknowledge that they did something, but ask for more. Yeah. I mean, but are they ever going to though? Because like, if they're well, it's the- rumored that she's in, that's what the benefit of the doubt part. It's rumored that she's in the Marvels and it was rumored that Captain Marvel would be her love interest. So oh, is that, the, is that if, the one that they're not going to release in China then? Maybe. Yeah. If we were to fully lie to ourselves and give Marvel the benefit of the doubt, it's because they wanted to tell that romance in the Marvels, not Thor: Love and Thunder. No, it's, it's so that they can sprinkle it in enough in multiple movies so that they don't they can cut it out everywhere else. And just if you piece together the Tessa Thompson thread, you will eventually get the queer love story that you want, but not. It's and, not. Yeah. It's not fair because like. I don't is it think queer this comes a little bit and that's just like a very non I, I don't know about Tessa Thompson personally but it's a very like non queer person take I cuz I hear it a lot like oh don't make it all about that you know with the character because right. like or it's like they're hitting us over the head with it or something and I think the reason that happens is not like overt the reason people react that way is not like overt homophobia it's like because you're not used to seeing that that like when you see it it's like whoa like whoa different gay, gay people gay you ah, know like ah, I have, they're I kissing have, i have the same reaction and you know and like when i see it that's the, my first thought is like right two boys or two girls you know like that's just the oh. way our society is not right. you but it's no like, i know that's different that's not what i'm used to seeing so, whoa you know? okay it, out here in a target commercial all right yeah so you feel like it, you're being hit over the head with it but at the same time like are you being hit over the head you, with um, heterosexuality? Yeah, I would. I would challenge you to think of every other Marvel hero who has had a romance. Like, I was trying to think of people who haven't any characters who haven't had a romance, and I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, no, really. I'm like, are there any Marvel characters who don't have a love interest? Sam Wilson, other, other than Valkyrie. No, he had a, um. I don't know. I can't remember. Was it from a movie or a show? I thought he had one in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of Bucky and his uh and Sam's Sam's sister. Oh yeah. Okay, well there you go. Sam okay. Wilson. That's it. Can you think of any more? No. All the majors have I'm, one. I'm gonna think about this. I'll get back to y'all. But we'll get back anyway, to you next week. Anyway, everyone everyone has a love interest. It's fine. Um well but no- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now that we've sufficiently uh, dumped on it, Dylan, do you want to uh, rate the movie? Sure. Or, or do you have anything else that you want to 
to okay well up. my last note is the second after credit scene oh yeah yeah yeah. i forgot with jane that. entering valhalla uh i thought it was one of the worst parts of the movie i like the idea of it if you told me like the second after credit scene is jane entering valhalla i'd be like oh sweet that sounds awesome like that sounds really emotionally yes. resonating mm-hmm. but it was like completely devoid of emotion somehow yes. like well, they were very clearly Idris Elba and Natalie Portman were not in the same room. Like, like it was so yeah. like disjointed. It felt like a video game cutscene. Like, and she was like acting goofy. And I'm like, I'm not, I know that wasn't Natalie Portman's choice to be like, oh, hey, like, uh, where, like, you know, like, it, right. Why you being she weird? does almost exclusively overly dramatic roles, you know, and performances. Right. Uh, right. That wasn't her choice. So it was like, it, it almost feels like you have to try to make these things empty. Um, so I'm sorry, Taika, it wasn't for me. But in terms, of, do you want me to rate the movie? Do you want me to? Do yeah, that? let's do let's do Letterboxd. Our our, our score here. Um, I gave it a three stars out of five. Okay, which is still, like I said, better than half. Technically positive. It's a positive review. You know, I enjoyed the movie. I had fun watching it. Uh, so three out of five. Three I, out of five. I what about also you? I also gave it three out of five, which is what what I predicted I would give it. Um, I almost dropped it back down to two and a half, uh, or dropped it down to two and a half after talking about it. But you know I'm gonna stick with my three. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. But it's fine. I, I was thinking about it though. Like I haven't even rewatched Ragnarok since theaters. Like I don't do a lot of Marvel rewatching lately. I don't know. If, so what, you'll never see this again. Probably not, unless I decide to do a big rewatch for some reason. Um, yeah, I think I think this is the time I've seen it. You know what I mean? And we're not I, alone. It has a B plus cinema score, and yeah. the only other Marvel movies to have done that are Multiverse of Madness and Thor: The Dark World. Okay. Um, and then Eternals got a B cinema score, so it's bottom three of like thirty. Rot- Rotten Tomatoes are sixty-seven, so it's pretty low. Yeah. It's disappointing. For, for I, was, I was I was the most excited about this of the of the the slate of movies. I know, me too. But here we are. Um, but anyway, I guess that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for downloading us. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan, and I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.